0: Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Happy New Year, everyone. Tennis.com podcast. We're back in 2012. Hope to be back a little more frequently as well. So thank you all uh, who tune in each uh, each time we record here. I'm Ed McGrogan here with Richard Pagliaro, and we're going to go uh, over some of the happenings this past weekend, even though there was no semifinal or final um, Tennis, as you know, always has a way of making news at some point, and this weekend was really no different than that. Um, The biggest news, which we'll get into later, was Andy Murray um, hires Yvonne Lendl as his coach. Uh, We'll discuss that. Um, Also, Novak Djokovic back to winning his winning ways um, in an exhibition, but uh, the results were pretty impressive nonetheless. Um, and then on the women's side, it's the return of both Serena Williams and Kim Kleisters from really extended absences. They're both in Brisbane this week. Um, you know, Still many matches to go, but uh, a couple of good results in so far as of this recording. So, Richard, um, let's talk about Kleisters actually first because she just won this morning against Ivanovic in a three-setter. She also won her first-round match. She's into the quarterfinals. She probably gets Sam Stozer, um, which will be obviously a, a huge test. She, who's the number one seed there? And Kleisers hasn't played more than a handful of tournaments probably the past nine months. Um, this is mo- most likely her last year. She always has kind of cited the Olympics as the big driving force of really why she's still playing. Um, but she is the defending Australian Open champ. Um obviously still has the talent, the game that is
1: head and shoulders of most other players on the tour. What do you think this year will bring for her realistically? I think with her, it always starts with the health. You know, she's a pretty physical player, and you never know. I mean, the the injury before the Open was something that sort of came out of the blue. So if she's healthy, I think she'll limit the schedule. You know, she'll probably play a limited number of matches on clay because it's not her best surface, and I think she's going to be a factor. I think the thing with Serena is Serena can generally come off those long layoffs better because her serve is more imposing and she can hold. Whereas like even today against Ivanovic, you saw Kim lose, what, eight or nine games in a row. So her serve can kind of go in and out when she's clicking, when it's on. You know, she's tough. But then again, she can be vulnerable when it goes off a little bit. Remember a few years ago, Australia, when Petrova pounded her. But I think Kim, Kim, if she's healthy, I think she's going to be right there.
0: Yeah, Kim, you mentioned that Petrova loss. That's a good uh, point with Kleister's She does seem to um, – I think she's more certainly more prone than Serena to these really sort of arbitrary, like, how did this happen losses, even – uh, that was a total blowout. That was like an 0-1-1 match. But even a match like last year at the French against Roos, which was right. um, goes up. Uh, I'm almost certain she was serving for the match uh, and a straight sets win, and then an hour later ends up losing the match. Um, I just actually wrote about Kleisters briefly today, and and I guess in a way did compare to, to Serena in that both their games, obviously, are, are the ones where they don't – where a few matches in they really can get back into the groove but I think um what you say about Serena is, is definitely true with the
1: serve and everything
0: um yeah because
1: Serena can put the hammer down if she loses three or four games you know it's hard to break her twice in a set whereas Kim if if the serve goes off a little you know you have some looks so it's hard although I would say defensively she's better than Serena
0: yeah and we still still no sight of Venus Williams Roy really. she played a couple of exhibitions um very brief ones this fall, but pulled out of um, this uh, the Australian Open warm up. Um, she hasn't officially pulled out of the Aussie Open. Is that correct? I, I don't. I think that's still up in the air if she's
1: to play that. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't look like she's no. going to play. But I don't think she's officially pulled out.
0: Yeah. Yep. And uh, and like I said, that does uh, you know with with a lot of question marks hanging for for some of these players. I think that does leave. A lot of a lot open and to be set up by players like Stozer and Kvitova um players who had such great two thousand eleven seasons in her and this could be the year that I think uh the tipping point may emerge from this older w t a veteran generation that's kind of been really hanging along for so long and has really prevented. Players um, from really making huge inroads. You could obviously say Wozniacki has made big inroads, but she just hasn't won the, the biggest titles. But it does seem like we could be on the verge of something, um, you know, of a turning point year. I think for for women's tennis.
1: Yeah, I think so, and I I really like Kvitová, and she's so close points wise to surpassing Wozniacki if she had a good tournament. I mean, she's defending if she had a good tournament. Well, she's playing Hotman Cup, so she's not defending the title from last year, but if she had a good Australian and then followed up into February, she could pass her pretty quick. I think the issue with her is, you know, that players will always tell you it's easier to be the hunter than the hunted. Now, when you get to that peak... You know, it's a different kind of pressure. So I, I really like her game and I like her approach. So I think it's inevitable if she stays healthy, she's going to be number one. It for me, the interesting thing will be there. How does she respond to being the one everybody's shooting for if if she gets there?
0: Right. Yeah. There's always that question of motivation stuff like that. I think I think most people see Kvitova as a um, as kind of a player who does really embrace or or kind of wants you know the. She certainly has the game that commands our attention, I think, overall. I think most people think that she would be a very worthy and esteemable right. number one. And she doesn't
1: so. look like she gets as stressed out as past number ones like a Safina or a Yankovic or even Anna. at times would get a little uptight on. She just seems like a pretty calm competitor to me, at least when I've seen her the last few years. She doesn't seem to get too high or too low on the court. Although she showed a lot more positive emotion, you know, at the year end, a lot more fist pumps, a lot more yelling, which is which is good.
0: Yelling's always good i
1: guess. Yeah. Um
0: yeah, I suppose just to put a bow on it. I suppose it would be in in the spirit of of kind of the you don't know what's going to happen nature, unpredictable nature of the game if say someone like Wozniacki won the ice-drown-up. Right, right. like someone that I think most people have kind of written off by this point um and but like we said I think the field is 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 sort of even more wide open than usual in in some regards because of how uncertain um, you know the blue chips are really at this point. Wozniaki she is also playing Hopman Cup in an, an event that I uh, I would. Really light, very lightly call an exhibition. I think for, for exhibition tennis, it's actually probably as as realistic as you can get because you're playing with teams for your country on the line. So it's um, and Bartoli wasn't looking like an EXO today. <laughs> she was wow, pretty yeah, ruthless. Yeah, that's yeah. If you didn't hear that, uh, Bartoli put the uh, put the love and love hammer on G- uh, Gagisova who's not a bad player by not any means. That was, She's a good player. Yeah. Man. Australian player. And, um, yeah, 6-0, 6 um, nice way to start the year there for. Yeah. And Wozniacki <laughs> is
1: number one. I mean, you can never be a number one and fly under the radar, but I would say going into, if Australia started tomorrow, you'd have to put Serena, Kvitova, you know, Lena, Kleisters is a better shot than her. So maybe that'll take some of the pressure off of her, but you know, then again, she hasn't done it. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, to the men's, where where we're at now is in um, in Doha is where Federer and, and Nadal are both playing. Um, Murray is playing in um, uh, sorry in Brisbane, and as we mentioned before, Andy Murray made some pretty significant news this past weekend with the hiring of Von Lendl as his coach, and uh, there's a lot of I think similarities. A lot of people want to draw between the two. Both are kind of looking for that first slam for a while. Murray obviously still looking for it. Um, what do you think of the move
1: for for Murray? I like it. I, I'm a little concerned just because Ivan was so removed for the game for so long. And I think you know people use the Connors Roddick analogy, which which initially was really good for Roddick. I think over the long term, what hurt there was that Connors had been removed, so he didn't know the opponents. He couldn't scout. He couldn't say, well, you're playing Cole Schreiber, do this or, you know, you're playing Del Pot just because he hadn't been around. So I think the learning curve for Lendl is it's more than just coaching your guy. You've got to know the other guys and what they do and how to approach their game. But Lendl's a quick learner that way and if he can absorb what the other players do, I think he's gonna help. And I think also, you know, Steve Tigner had a good comp today. Just the positive emotion of Murray can stop with the pulling on the legs and the whining and the, I don't think Lendl will go along with that I think he'll really say look you know we're here to play ball let's play and Lendl That's was true. not the kind of guy to you know go pulling tugging on the back of his leg when he lost a point He'd just get ready for the next point
0: you know? yeah he certainly has someone to answer to in that respect Right, you're and he's gonna... made it
1: clear I'm not going to sit there and be your verbal punching bag like you're not going to be yelling at me like you did at Gilbert like you did at your mom like you did at Corral I'm just not going to take it and I think somebody's got to say that to him like look just Focus the energy on the match, and you know that other stuff is just garbage.
0: It's I, th- I think it's a nice move if nothing else. When you see in team sports a lot, it's not, it, it's it's almost not really change for the sake of change because Murray has done you know real re- in all things considered very well, of course, in his career so far. But um, certainly something new for Murray because I feel like the past probably three or four years he's always had a good fall, and we've always really asked the same. Thing of him going into the Australian Open, he looks like a very, you know, good favorite for not a favorite, but just you know, obviously one of the top picks for there. And and something
1: always does seem to go wrong. Um, and but, I think also the fact from what I've read is that Lendl approached him like Lendl's eager to do this. It's not like hey, he's just calling up you know Hall of Fame players who can. Lendl really went after this, so I think he wants it. His kids are older, so the travel maybe isn't as much of an issue for him and this guy had one of the greatest forehands in the open era and that's where murray really needs to address that short mid-court ball to the forehand put that away and you know make your life a little bit easier so i think he could help him from a, a technical perspective as well but just
0: let's remember Ivan Lundell, what's the only major he never won
1: that's right that's never, right
0: never won wimbledon he never won wimbledon so i uh, we'll Maybe he can win it as a coach. Yeah, We'll we'll find out.
1: Is that a career Grand Slam as a player-coach combined?
0: Yeah. Um, The other thing I want to mention on the men is about um, Novak Djokovic, who uh, he is not playing this week. I don't believe he will play into the Australian Open, which considering how he ended his year last year, really kind of just like hobbling toward the end there. I I don't think that's really a bad move at all. And I'm sure he's going to get probably – I would imagine he's probably in like one of the Yong type exhibitions next week to get a couple matches in. and uh, But he, what he did do over the past weekend was in Abu Dhabi, the exhibition that usually draws a huge uh, big-name field for financial reasons is he takes out Roger Federer in 44 minutes, um, beats – then he goes on. He beat Monfils before that to set up that match, beats David Furr in the final – kind of blows through this, this field. Really? Um, I asked this on the website, um, in a poll, it was what basically, what do you make of this? Is it kind of, uh, when the year hits the reset button, do you think Djokovic kind of can go back to these ways, a little more motivation, or does it really not mean much at all? Or is it kind of something in the middle?
1: I think it's kind of something in the middle because from Djokovic's perspective, I think it is good that you can take a guy – obviously it's an XO and Federer's probably not going 100%, but still, you beat Roger Federer in 44 minutes, you know, I don't care if you're just playing a practice set. that's pretty. That's pretty impressive. So I think from his perspective it is meaningful – from the federer and Nadal for air perspective, it's hey, it's an XO. We could chalk it up. Get ready for for the real Australian Open. I think you know one thing that maybe we kind of gets lost as he went further and further in the season. Like Djokovic is human; he's going to get tired. But God, remember some of those early, the Miami, the Indian. Well, he was winning sets at love almost every single mm-hmm. match. So when he's breaking Federer two and three times, even though it's an EXO in a set that's a pretty good sign as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I think that's a clear advantage he has over the Federer Natal is that he's so dangerous off the return and he gets on a roll with the return. It's God, that's got to really be a bit of a blow to your confidence when this guy's just bulleting back returns on you.
0: He's become a great front runner really over, really over over this. Yeah. I think it was never really, he was never really thought of that way for kind of a long time. And, um, You know, it just flipped a switch, obviously, when when this all happened last year. He kind of tied it a lot of times, tied it back to how his 2010 season
1: ended with Davis Cup. But, um, And the other thing to contrast him with Murray, I think he's so more authoritative on the mid-quarter, the short ball. When he gets that ball, the point's over. He's not going to give you another look, whereas Murray will sometimes massage the forehand or he'll try the drop shot, and it gives the guy a little bit of an entrance back into the point. Djokovic has really, really upped his game as far as – you give them the midcourt ball on a hard court; it's pretty much over. You're not going to get another look at the ball.
0: Yeah, I th- I think everybody is. Uh, January is going to reveal kind of a, a lot about really all four of these sure. Sure, these big players. But I think many people the the biggest question is really how does Djokovic reply to or answer to um, you know the season that he just had? And we'll find it out real soon. Right, and
1: when you're defending a title, virtually every tournament you're playing the first part of the year that's that's a lot of pressure.
0: Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, so that's all for today, and uh, we'll be back with another podcast actually tomorrow with Pete Boto and Steve Tigner, so just tune in for that. We'll um, kind of go a little more forward thing in that, but wanted to catch you up on the news that was this past weekend, kind of many more to come. For Richard Pagliaro, I'm Adam McGrogan. Thanks for listening. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.